Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 178. The Pat McAfee unintentionally cursing his own football team because he wanted to make a joke at the expense of the Tennessee Titans at the greatest NFL draft in the history of NFL drafts, the one in Nashville, Tennessee, of Sodes. Every action has a consequence, Pat. Should have learned. You should have just shut your mouth. You know, pride comes before the fall, Pat. It's biblical, Settle bro. Down. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, buddy. Look, this uh, bad streak that the Colts are on, some might say you're to blame. Some might say it. I'm. We're not saying it. We're just saying some people might not be us. saying that. We would no. never say that. But, of course, I got to go with a Sode title that it has to do with a punter because this is the A.J. Trapasso Sode. That Sode title comes via our buddy Eldon English, Tupper of the Year, at Shrike113. Uh, go give him a follow on Twitter. Great follow, especially, dare I say, aside from at Tighten Up Pod, at Jack A. Gentry, at Austin Huff, and at A to Z Sports, aside from the four company podcasts Eldon English might be the next best follow in terms of being a fan of this podcast because he is always tweeting out two-tone blue nominees he is always tweeting out uh sewed recaps he is always just he's always there in the mentions and we appreciate that he goes above and beyond uh when it comes to following this podcast and we appreciate him it's hard to disagree we've got so many great ones though it's uh you know Oh, I don't even. I, that's I almost not started naming it. them. I almost that, started naming them. That would have been a huge mistake because there's too many. Because there are, there are way too many. That's not a knock at anyone else. Everyone else who is right there in our mentions, we very much appreciate you as well. Um, we just got to give Eldon his flowers because he is he is Tupper of the Year. He is the one man who put mayonnaise in his margarita on Cinco de Mayo this year, earning him that nod. So we do got to give him his roses, but there are plenty of others that get in our mentions a ton that you need to be following too, because as you build, as we build this like little Tupper community, it's going to make football season that much better. And this week's sewed is, dare I say, one of my favorite interviews we've ever done. AJ Trapasso, Titans legend, who never technically even played a regular season snap for the Tennessee Titans, but he is known for two of the most iconic plays, both of which coming in the preseason. So they didn't technically count, but we are going to talk to him about the fake punt heard around the world, the most iconic one in Titans history and the time, the first man ever this is a fun trivia fact. The first man to ever punt a ball into the scoreboard at the brand new opened Jerry world and the first football game ever played there. He is the man known for that fact. We're going to talk to him about both and he has got stories for days, guys. I'm not joking. When I say this, I'm not underselling it. He is a phenomenal lesson and I can't wait for you to hear it. Yeah. I, I did not have AJ Trapasso being the interview of the off season on the tighten up podcast for on my, on my bingo card. I just simply yeah, didn't I, have it. 
No, I, I don't I think any even, of us did. I, I, we hadn't planned to reach out to him until I heard his name on the radio a couple of weeks and the Hall of Fame game comes around. Then you remember, oh my God, A.J. Trapasso is responsible for some of the biggest preseason excitement um, the Titans franchise had ever seen, all under Jeff Fisher. This episode has a little something to do with Jeff Fisher as well. Um, yeah, that's I'll, right. We'll get into that later. On but. the day we were recording this, Jeff Fisher Day, of course. But we've got so much to get into. That depth chart's been released. Um, I made a terrific sighting at Lollapalooza this past weekend that I know Titans fans will enjoy. And plus just a ton more. So let's, before, I mean, like, let's quit talking about the sode. Let's just get to the sode. But we can't do so without first talking about our friends at Relax the Back. That's right, Austin. Relax the Back sets out every single day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better, and feel better. If you struggle with insomnia or posture issues or just anything to do with sleeping, then let me tell you, this is the place for you. They've got a variety of chairs that combat neck and back pain for those of us who are sitting up all day at work. Some zero-gravity chairs to ease the tension on your low back. I know a lot of people are struggling with low back issues. Relax the Back can help you fix that. They've also got the latest in sleep technology, such as Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to make sure you're getting those eight hours you need every single night. So go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, if you don't live in Middle Tennessee and you can't get over there in person, don't worry about it. Check them out online. They'll be able to ship whatever you need out to you in a timely manner at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. When you go in, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. With all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since. I don't know when. I'm sucking cold prison. What is up, Playmates? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is August 9th. 2023, which means on the day we recorded this, it is August 8th, 2023. 8 8, most commonly known as worldwide, a worldwide holiday for many. Jeff Fisher Day. Now, I want to say this up front Jeff Fisher gets widely looked at as being 8 and 8, as a bad thing. Okay? Look, 500 record in the NFL, I get it. It's bad. But once Jeff Fisher got fired, the Titans very quickly learned that you can do much, much worse than eight and eight. Eight and eight looked pretty damn good. And in fact, my friends in St. Louis, where I worked for three years in sports talk radio, they look very negatively at Jeff Fisher. They kind of hate Jeff Fisher in St. Louis, which doesn't make sense to me at all in the sense that he took a team that had one, uh, two or three wins when he took over and got them to 500 on a regular basis, seven and nine a couple of times, but eight and eight regularly. How Rams fans looked at Jeff Fisher negatively as he got them out of the depths of hell and to the mediocrity of hell. <laughs> and then, of course, ultimately moved, uh, you know, was the coach when the team moved from St. Louis to Los Angeles. Uh, why they look at him negatively, I don't understand it. To me, and maybe that's just because I'm a Titans fan and Jeff Fisher was the coach of the only AFC title winning team that I've ever experienced in my life. Maybe that's the difference. But to me, I love Jeff Fisher 
always have and always will. Yeah, I am to the core a Jeff Fisher apologist. I think he gets a bad, bad deal, uh, you know, with the national media and the eight and eight day, the seven and nine day, whatever BS you want to say. Uh, but six times he won double digit games in 17 seasons with the Titans franchise. Six times. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. So even when we thought he was past his prime, he yeah, went it, and rolled out Kerry Collins for a season and went 13 and three. Yeah, it's and not then, his fault. The Rams drafted Sam Bradford and ruined his entire reputation as a head coach. Yeah. And then and then one year starting Owen six and then winning eight of his last se- or seven of his last eight games, I believe. Or no, no, eight of his last nine. Like to me, that is uh, it's I'll pretty, tell you what it is, pretty good coaching job. I'll, I'll tell you where the riff resides with Jeff Fisher and some Titans fans is how the whole Vince Young thing went down. I think a lot of people blame Fisher for Vince Young not having success when in reality, I don't know how true that might be. Um, I think Vince Young, there were a lot of issues when he was in Nashville. And I don't, I don't know that you can totally pin it on Fisher. I don't think it's fair to totally blame that on Fisher, but you know, he was the head coach in charge and things didn't work out. And he was, arguably one of the best college football players to ever step on the field. So um, there may be some Titans fans that think negatively about Jeff Fisher just because of that, but I am not one of them. I am an apologist. I am a Jeff Fisher respecter. And Austin, I know you are too. Did things go awry with Vince Young? It's something about shoulder pads in the stands. and Yeah, I'll tell you one, I'll tell you one Titans fan that does not hate the Vince Young tenure. Tenure. It's the guy. It's the guy with those shoulder pads sitting in his man cave somewhere. I look. We found AJ Trapasso on this <laughs> podcast. I think our next white whale of a guest is finding the guy who got Vince Young's shoulder pads. If Who's anyone got knows him, shoulder pad. If anyone knows the Tupper that has those sitting in his man cave right now, please hit us up. Let us know at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. We got to find that guy because that I just want to have a conversation with him, honestly. Uh, but yeah, no, Jeff Fisher, I'm glad he gets a day. I just wish... Um, you know, if there was a 13th month, he could get that yeah. day, the third day of that yeah. month, or you know, I wish maybe, it was like, maybe uh, even uh, de- <laughs> December 4th, uh, even. Yeah. Um, October 6th, I'll settle for. Right? Yeah, I'll take ten October 6th. That's not a bad day. You know, I I, I I, I, hate that he is looked at as 8 and 8, and, and then also, he also gets this day, July 9th, 7 and 9 day. Um, I hate that that's his day, but you know what? I am glad that he at least gets a day where he gets to be remembered because in my mind, he deserves to be remembered. Jeff Fisher, we love you and your glorious mustache. Um, Jack, before we get to AJ Trapasso, which AJ has some great Jeff Fisher stories, I should uh, point out. Boy, does he ever. Oh, my God. He's got some great stories. You're going to love the interview, I think. This is must listen. I can't can't advertise it enough. Austin, you did a good job on the front end, but oh, my goodness. I can't remember the last time Jack and I walked away from an interview where we were just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm excited for this one to drop just so people can listen to it. Like, that's and that's how we felt with AJ. Not to hype it up too much. Look, not to hype it up too much. But is it the best interview we've ever done? I look, I'm just look, I'm just we'll let you guys decide. We'll let you decide. And But before we get to that, we need to talk kind of some football. We're starting to get little bits of football trinkled in. Obviously, we had the Hall of Fame game last week. We got Bears-Titans week this week. I'm going to be there. If you are coming up to Chicago for the game, please keep an eye out for me. I'm going to be walking around, tailgates and everything. 
I want to, I want to try and find you. Um, so please let me know if you are going to um, coming up to Chicago for the preseason regular season game. That means nothing. Um, but I, we have a depth chart, an official depth chart for this week's game, a game that's not even going to be coached by Mike Vrabel, which we, I mean, we didn't even talk about that, Jack, in the uh, in our, our prep meeting for this podcast. But Yeah, that's true. That's really Jeff, cool, by the way. Now, I think it's not, not to get off on a tangent, but I have to get off on a tangent real, with this real quick. Mike Vrabel is handing off the reins to coach this weekend's game, a meaningless game. That means nothing. He's going to give it off uh, to a defensive line coach, Terrell Williams, and he's giving him the opportunity to act as head coach. And that's meet with the media, meet with the trainers, do everything that is required of a head coach going into a game. He's going to call the plays. He's going to be in charge of all the decision-making in game for a couple of reasons. Mike Vrabel is not going to be gone from the game. In fact, uh, Teresa Walker asked him as much, like, where are you going to be? He's like, I'll, I'll be there. I'm just stepping aside for this game, which is, I think it's cool because it's giving Terrell Williams the experience, but it's also giving him the exposure to teams around the league. And that to me is just like, you don't hear of coaches doing that. You don't hear of coaches like offering opportunities two guys on their own staff to eventually leave and become head coaches. If anything, guys love to keep, they don't like the turnover. They like to keep guys under their bubble and to keep them on staff for as long as possible. But here, Mike Vrabel is almost like, like not only just letting his, you know, his coaching tree grow, he's like planting new trees almost like it's, mm -hmm. it's incredible what he's doing. And I just think that deserves all of the praise in the world. He's watering his own grass, essentially, right? Uh, there's a lot of turnover on coaching staffs in the NFL, and, and Titans fans know about that. Arthur Smith's down in Atlanta. LaFleur's up in Green Bay. Uh, Todd Downing, for a different reason, is up in New York. <laughs> but <laughs> there is a lot of turnover, so giving guys this experience is really cool. Um, it also gives Rabel a chance to take a closer look at some of the guys when it comes to roster cuts, because Let's not forget, at the end of the preseason, there's going to be about 40 guys cut from this Titans roster. They're doing a one one big swift cut at the end of the preseason, and Rabel's got to know which guys he wants heading into week one on the active roster. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with offensive line play. I think that's going to be a big position to watch throughout the preseason. And, you know, with Rabel making in-game calls and worrying about punt unit and getting 11 on the field and getting a play call in time and all of that extra stuff that goes into being a head coach, he just gets to sit back and evaluate talent. I think this is an awesome idea for the Titans. Um, we'll see how it plays out. I I think the Bears are gonna, you know, have more important guys in the field when it comes to the the actual game itself. But this is something really cool that, like you mentioned, doesn't happen around the league really ever. So I'm glad that the Titans are kind of at the forefront of this. But there is an unofficial depth chart to get to this week as well. Well, wait, real quick, not to not to go off on uh, on any more tree related puns, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say Mike Vrabel shouldn't stop with this move, with just allowing his defensive line coach to be the head coach serving as the acting head coach on the first preseason game. I think Vrabel should retroactively 
say that Terrell Williams was the head coach <laughs> for the last seven games. That way, it's all wiped off of his slate. He could say, "Yeah, oh yeah, by the way, this isn't anything new that I'm doing for this first preseason game. I actually let some... I." <laughs> I let Todd Downing act as head coach for the last seven games. So I've been doing this for quite a while. That way it doesn't go against his record, nor does it uh, this seven game losing streak that the Titans are currently on go against Vrabel in any way. It's, it's a teachable moment, if you will. It's, it's a chance for him to allow other guys to shine. And um, if they suck, it's not on him. I agree. I think it's a great scapegoat idea. And Terrell Williams, this is his sixth year with the team. He's the assistant head coach and uh, D-line coach, like you mentioned. And honestly, if anyone deserves this promotion, it's probably the guy who's been cranking out defensive line monsters, just (laughs) total sack getters from out of nowhere. So this is this is definitely an opportunity that is well deserved for Terrell Williams. But let's Titans could Titans could do worse at, at head coach. Yeah. So the depth chart is out. Um, our uncle Jim White obviously had a great uh, article where he kind of pointed out 20 of his observations. Jack and I wanted to point out a few of our observations, uh, in terms of this depth chart again, look, I know it's, uh, this isn't the most riveting content in the world, but it's all we've got right now. And we're going to eat what we get. And there are some surprises, some notable surprises here. There are, there are. And if you, you know, unlike my rant against raving over highlights and good practices, because that's literally all training camp is, is practices. This does give us a little insight as to what we can expect. Obviously not all of these names are going to be on the roster, the 53 man roster after cut day, but there are some notable things that it like kind of took us by surprise. So Jack, do you want to go ahead and uh, hit us with your first one? Yeah, let's do it. And also another thing with the Titans and especially Mike Vrabel here is you don't often see a lot of rookies in starting positions or even, you know, in their, in the position that everybody thinks that they're going to factor into Uh, the Titans don't like to just promote off of, you know, the draft pick that they just recently took a guy. That's why you see Will Levis is third on the quarterback draft, uh, depth chart that's why you see Tajay Spears um kind of buried amongst the running backs there I know he's behind Hassan Haskins but my the biggest surprise for me came at inside linebacker David Long heads down to Miami this offseason and we all think it's Monty Rice's turn no 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 Mm-mm. Jack Gibbons Dr. Gibby the offseason Dr. Award winner. Gibby the doctor is in the doctor is in and on the first team for the Titans. That is surprising. He was a tackle machine, though, towards the end of the season when he got an opportunity. But, I mean, Monty Rice, there's a lot of value on him coming out of college, and this is a little bit surprising to me. Look, the uh, really poor handwriting has been on the wall with this move, though, once you look retroactively. Really poor handwriting. That's a doctor joke because he's Dr. Gibby. I, it, <laughs> if you remember, Mike Vrabel... Named Dr. Gibby as one of the offseason award winners. That's right. So obviously my man went out and had himself one hell of an offseason this year. And now let's not let's not, uh, you know, beat around the bush at the fact that Dr. Gibby went out and balled in games last year in actual NFL game time. And we were thinking, oh, this is a great story. 
the defense is so banged up. There's so many injuries that we got down to this guy named uh, Dr. Gibbons. And uh, <laughs> as, Je- if his, Jeff- as if his first name is doctor. Yeah, doctor. No, it should be. Honestly, I like to think his name is is doctor. And then his middle name is Jack. And then his uh-huh. last name is Gibbons. Uh, so we're like, oh, cute. Dr. Gibbons. He's go great. And he is. Like, and we just thought it was a feel good story for a team that had no feel good stories in it last year. But now it's like, oh, he maybe he was balling out in NFL games last season because he's going to be a playmaker. He's going to be something good, like almost like a, and not to, not making the comparisons just because he's, he's, he's a white dude, but like a Rocky Boyman, a Rocky Kalmus, if you will, from back in the day. Oh, yeah. Peter like, Sermon. Mm-hmm. Peter Sermon. Thank you. Like, what if, like, what if Dr. Jack Gibbons is just becoming one of those guys for the Titans? If he balled out last year, goes off to have a, a, an amazing offseason, you can only think he's going to be better this year. And this first depth chart tells us, yeah, he's thought of pretty highly at St. Thomas Sports Park. And it's a tough lineup to crack on the defensive side of the ball. So this, yeah, I, I think this definitely carries weight. And Monty Rice, you know, he's not a rookie. He's been here for a handful of years. Not a handful, but, you know, he's still on his rookie deal. But at the same time, it, it felt like his job to lose. But in reality, Dr. Gibbons is making his claim for that starting spot there. So that 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 stuck out to me. I'll give you my second one, and then we can get to yours. Um, Elijah Molden who spent time in the slot for the Titans on defense, didn't get to play a whole lot last year because of injuries, actually checks in as a safety on this unofficial depth chart. And is Kevin Byard's backup. I like that because when you have talent in the secondary, you got to find a way to get these guys all on the field, even if it's not at their natural position. You bring in Sean Murphy bunting this offseason. You've got Roger McCreary to play in the slot potentially. And you've got Christian Fulton healthy for now on the other side. Well, where does Elijah Molden fit in? There's holes at safety. Like Chris Jackson is a, is a potential option back there, but yeah. we've seen him. He's a seventh round pick. Elijah Molden is a talented guy when he's healthy. I think we can all agree on that. And so him moving to safety has caught my eye. No, I like this move a lot because it does. It it gives depth to a position that you don't have depth at right now. You've got depth at the corner positions, which is exactly like what you just said. It is not which is why I don't think Elijah Molden fits into play there, but you want to get your best players on the field. And his best way for him to see playing time is in that number two spot, right before behind Kevin Byard. Like Mm -hmm. I think, uh, well, obviously, and I mean, you got a Monty hooker as well at safety as well, but like you get, if he can be that like number three to those two guys, you're going to get him on the field, and he is a playmaker, as we saw last year. He's got year. the ball skills. I mean, we, I don't think Carson Wentz is going to show up and just hand him a pick six at the goal line again, but <laughs> you know, he's got the ball skills to stick back there, and if the best player you've got on defense, Kevin Byard, goes down for whatever reason, the top doesn't totally come off the convertible. Right. You've still got a guy I, back there who poses a threat. He he just adds depth to a position where you desperately have needed depth in years past. Mm. Uh, a couple of my biggest uh, shockers, just right off the bat. First of all, just reading through the depth chart, I saw the name Hassan Haskins, and I was like, oh, geez. Eesh, eesh. You know, first time I've read his name in something other than a police report over this yeah. offseason. Um, that's just, just awkward. It's just awkward. Um, 
but still listed as the number two back. So um, I guess time will tell how that will play out. Um, Another shocker for me, Mason Kinsey over Tajay Spears for the number two punt returner. Okay. Kyle Phillips obviously listed as the starter there. But I've always like wondered, like, how is Mason Kinsey? He's kind of like the uh, the Logan Woodside. He's a cockroach. Wide receivers. Yeah. He's like, you can't kill him. Which I look, I all credit to. He's an uncle on this podcast. We've had him on on this podcast a couple years ago, and he's a great kid. I love him to death. But to have him over Tajay Spears as a punt return, like that tells me, oh, they like this Mason Kinsey kid for his special teams abilities. If you can field a punt and you can get some return yardage out of it, then there's very well could be a spot for you on the roster. And that right there tells me, I don't know. Again, I'm not saying Mason Kinsey's going to make the 53 man. I honestly, between you and me, I think there's a good chance he probably doesn't make it. But the fact that in this initial depth chart, they want to see him listed and that maybe could be all it is. They just want to see him get some reps in game action in the preseason. But Mason Kinsey over Tajay Spears for number two punt returner. That one kind of surprised me a little bit. Yes, but I like that they're working in Tajay Spears at punt returner, giving him reps in case something happens to Kyle Phillips. Although if Kyle Phillips goes down, you know, then the question becomes, is it Mason Kinsey? Is it Tajay Spears? Because Spears didn't have a ton of experience returning kicks and punts in college. No. He was the bell cow right. for Tulane. Yeah, but- and Tajay Spears is the offensive Elijah Molden. You want to get him on the field. You want to see what he can do. You want to get him on the field to make I love this. plays. So if if you can get him in at punt returner, do so. But as of right now, he's listed as the number three. So I don't know if we'll get to see any action uh, at him uh, from him at that position this in the preseason, at least in this first game. I mean, obviously, the depth chart is going to change from week to week, even in the preseason. So only time will tell, but I would love to see him get some reps at at those specialist return units. Also, one other note uh, that I had from the depth chart. Peter Skaronsky over Jordan Roos at that starting uh, left guard position. Does that surprise you? A a little bit, a little bit, just because rookie over veteran. Not this early. We usually don't see that, right? Right, exactly. Like, that's the thing, um, like, especially, like, because Vrabel does have some of that Jeff Fisher-esque mentality. Yeah, like, where he's going to give the the veterans. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, So to see Peter Skronsky right away, look, I'd like to see that, honestly, because that tells me they feel good about the guy that they drafted in the first round. And how many times have we seen that first round draft pick kind of fall by the wayside? We were, many, we were, especially we were begging um, to see Isaiah Wilson and Dylan Radins to start, I, but I, it, it, they made the right decision in holding them back and pulling them out because they aren't that guy. Yeah, well, Plus, just I mean, might be. if Jordan Ruse is your number two at guard, I don't feel necessarily bad about that. You know, having again yeah. depth at a position where you have not had depth in recent years. It goes back to the safety business we were just talking about. I if you can have depth at the offensive in the offensive line, like yep, yeah, give it to me, please. I need that. That's something I've been longing for for a long time. I'm hoping they are both 
end up being great because I will gladly take a Jordan Ruse at number two. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, last thing for me, Chris Hubbard, first team snaps at right tackle. He appears to be the guy to beat over there, especially after some news we'll get to on the backside of AJ Chaprasso. But uh, And it uh, should not go without noted, Morgan Cox, first team long snapper. Good, way to get that in there. He's also the only team long snapper, so... <laughs> I would kind of be upset if we had two long snappers when Morgan Cox, who won the Pro Bowl games tic-tac-toe, uh, already rostered. That's he, a great callback. He's earned right this. There. That's why you come to the Titan Up podcast, because we remember the things that you don't, like the fact that Morgan Cox won tic-tac-toe at the Pro Bowl games this year. <laughs> Which was such a bad game, because none of the punters could like accurately place a punt inside the square it was a bad idea it was a dumb i mean the whole pro bowl games i think was a dumb idea that Mm -hmm. if we're being honest but all right let's get to our guy aj trapasso this is a dude you're gonna want to hear from so i'm not even gonna i'm not gonna hype it up anymore before we get to him though we gotta talk bet mgm that's right bet mgm's got a promotion you're not gonna want to miss out on right now it's their refer a friend invitation and it just got so much bigger. Current users can log into BetMGM and invite up to 20 friends through their Refer a Friend invitation. Each friend you invite will get $100 in their account in bonus bets, and you will get 100 in bonus bets. So it's a win-win for both of you guys. I know y'all have text groups. I know y'all want to get some skin in the game before the season. BetMGM is the place to do it. Refer a friend, get up to $2,000 in bonus bets, invite up to 20 friends which is great promotion they've got going on. So go check out BetMGM just in time for the football season. Oh man, we are we are excited for for this one this week, you guys. This is a a man who's become uh, he's not just a legend amongst Titans fans, but he's a legend on this podcast for sure. A guy you've heard us talk about many times before, and a guy that we are stoked to finally get a chance to talk to. A man who racked up over eighty three hundred yards of punts at the Ohio State University, a Ray Guy semifinalist in 2008, and the man known for two of the most iconic plays in Titans history that didn't end up counting for anything. (laughs) (laughs) He is Anthony Joseph Trapasso. AJ, dude, what is up, man? Hey, guys, I, I appreciate it. It's actually Albert Trapasso. Uh, Albert! Big deal. Yeah, yeah. Named you know what? My grandfather. I, I think, just, I think uh, I, that's, we I, get that's the, on the me. research team. The research. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to have, yeah, hey, really, have to fire him uh, yeah, after, I, I really, after this interview. Truly, I, I am a very appreciative you guys have me on and any opportunity to, you know, just kind of relive the the old days and, and uh, talk Titans, man. I'm all for it. So certainly appreciate the uh, chance to jump on with you guys. Uh, Jack, I'm going to go to you here. Uh, where do you think we should start? Because we could yeah. start with the the first man to ever accomplish something in NFL history uh, down in Dallas, or we could go up to Canton, Ohio, uh, with arguably the most iconic play in Titans history that never it, it didn't really end up meaning anything because <laughs> yeah. of it being an exhibition game. 
I think we we, we play the hits early because preseason, the, the, the Hall of Fame game just happened last week. Titans, it's game week okay. for the Titans. Games are yeah. getting going. And, and, you know, and we, this is on the day we are recording this. It is August 8th, which is widely considered to be Jeff Fisher Day. So, okay. the, the, you know, eight, the eight. man who kind of, I don't dare we say, uh, emptied the, the bullets in his chamber probably a little too soon. I think we all agree with how well the play worked. Um, <laughs> but AJ, t- take us through the, the, the punt. The fake punt heard around the world, uh, or at least amongst the Hall of Fame, that ended up going for a touchdown. You, from the moment the play is called in, what is going through your mind? Well, let's let's back up just a little bit. Um, you know, playing in the Hall of Fame game, blessing and a curse. We've got the team together. Camp roster has been established for what ten days at most, um, and. You know, Coach Fisher, is, he's, he's all about mixing it up. He wants to throw a wrinkle early in just to give defenses and, and special teams something to think about. And they knew that um, at Ohio State, I'd run a couple fake punts, but I was a running back in high school and um, certainly glad I didn't pursue that in the Big Ten. My, I don't think I'd have survived. But uh, <laughs> um, he called it Buckeye because Donnie Nicky was the up back calling, calling for the snap. Yeah. And Griff's coming around behind us. And so we simulated this in practice, mostly walkthroughs, two or three times. It never timed up. It, it never timed up. Am I afraid to run it? Absolutely not. I'm geeked up because I, I, it's just it, it lets me be an athlete a little bit instead of just a, a special teams guy. And so it didn't time up. But one time in practice, it, it kind of went OK. But it, it just I was like, this really isn't that deceptive. <laughs> like, of course, we're going to hand it off to Griff. Like, why wouldn't you? The guy's an incredible athlete. So we're back in Ohio, grew up in Ohio, played at Ohio State. I got a lot of friends in the stands who are excited to come and watch. And we'll get to Craig Hendrick in a minute. And, and you know, I knew I was going to play because there's no way Craig was playing in that game. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, what are we six minutes into the game and Fisher, as I'm running out, he goes, Buckeye, Buckeye. I'm like, are you serious? Like my first NFL play, (laughs) you know, in my home state, Uh in the stadium that I, I love, right. The the hall of fame stadium is is just amazing up there. And as soon as Griff pulls away off the line, it kind of comes back behind me. There are three guys completely unmarked. I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be on IR. I'm going to get 65%. I'm already starting to cash the check and I'm like, cause I'm going to die. I'm getting ready to die. Is that what they and give I, you? 65% of the game check I, you get for being I, on IR? That, well, the, the thing is you get hurt in camp. They can't cut you. So then you're, you know, you're oh, IR. Man. So, yeah. So I was like, all right, sweet guaranteed money. You know, we're in, you know, I'll get accredited season out of this. Cause my left <laughs> leg's going to be gone. Uh, and those guys just bit on the fake so hard. I mean, it was wide open and it, it ended up going for a touchdown. And at the end of the play there, I think we slowed it down after we watched this, there was like two or three holdings that didn't get called. Donnie Nicky <laughs> literally murdered somebody right behind me in the back. Like it was a total block in the back, uh, but they let it play. Hey, why not? You know, give me a minute to shine. And uh, Baronis rest his soul. He came up to me after the play and he goes, Hey, great happy for you make sure you get this ball down on the extra point or i'll kick your ass so <laughs> like 
It's like, yes, sir. All right, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you just score a <laughs> touchdown on like one of like it was that that wasn't your first play. Uh first play. Very it was your first, first play. play. Uh your first, first play NFL, NFL play ever. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes for a touchdown. And the yeah. very next play, Baronis is like, Hey, you still have a job to do, rookie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that just goes to show he he was pumped for me, no doubt about it. I mean, we talked a lot about it and um but he was like, Hey, you screw up my job. We're going to have a problem. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the ball. Down. I don't even remember holding the ball for that snap, but hell, I barely remember the play. Cause that right there, boys is the definition of running scared. And yeah. it's just, it's like, we're out in the open. I'm like, all right, I'm getting ready to get teed off somewhere. Heads on a swivel, you know? And it's just, it worked out. It was great. Well, it's a play we haven't forgotten about. And it, you know, no. it happened, I, I believe 14 years ago this season, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's an incredible play. The play call was awesome. A lot of Titans fans, like Austin said, wish Fisher may have pocketed that one for the regular season. But I don't know that Hintrick has the wheels to take off like No, that. no. Yeah. No, he blew his calf out that year in week two and called it quits. And mm-hmm. um, kind of getting to that, I, I really knew where I stood with the team. Jeff Fisher was was awesome, treated me great. Um, he kind of reminded me a lot of, of Jim Tressel, but a Jim Tressel that curses which was uh, a lot, <laughs> was more fun. You got to pay for uh, his, you got you to pay for your own tattoos in Nashville too. Yeah. 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 They, well, you know, I might have a few, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, but he, he told me, he said, listen, AJ, we're, we're really excited about you, but we're just going to be transparent here. If Craig's walking, he's playing. And at the time, I didn't digest it the way I, I wish I would have. I, I was angry about that. I was like, man, I'm, I'm better than him and whatever. And, but I, in since then, and in, in having some time to like appreciate the opportunity, I would have wanted that kind of appreciation for my uh, career at a place had been there for so long. You know, he's, he was 39. I think he was going to turn 30 or 40 during that season had completely changed his diet up. I didn't know him beforehand, obviously, but um that kind of respect that he gave his his veteran players was was just tremendous and and it was rightfully so i mean i i <laughs> craig played for lou holtz at notre dame i mean that's how <laughs> yeah, old right, he was right, right, right. and and uh it was uh he hadn't made it through a full season and i think four or five years leading up to the 09 season um but you know in in retrospect i got a ton of respect for those guys and and just I mean, you got to hand it to Craig for that kind of longevity. It was just incredible. In the same Hall of Fame game that you pulled off a 40-yard touchdown on probably the best fake punt that's ever been ran in the NFL's history, yeah, I you agree. also get to hold the ball for the final play of the game. You were tasked with, oh, taking, yeah. you were tasked with yeah. taking a safety at the very end of the game to secure the W over, over the Bills. What was Fisher out there trying to get you killed? I mean, we, we already had Hintrick yeah. on one leg, but here yeah. he is sending you, uh, throwing you to the wolves, not only on a fake punt, but running for your life to get an intentional <laughs> safety so you win the I, game as the time expires. I think he was he was smart enough to know that I was naive enough to go ahead and take on those challenges. I mean, when you're 22, 23, 24, however old I was at the time, you, you, you don't think you're going to get hurt. You, you know, like... It, and then looking back on it, I'm like, there were absolute monsters on that field. And uh, yeah, it could have been a different story. Dustin Fox, who I played with at Ohio State, he was actually on the Bills roster that year and a 
uh, an unknown guy named Ryan Manilak, who I actually played high school football with. He was on the Bills at the time. So, man, what a cool experience. Uh, it, it was sorry, my phone's going crazy, but uh, um, it, it was such a, a cool experience in Ohio and, and something we'll never forget, especially as a family. Everybody got to be there and enjoy it. It was it was pretty cool. Amazing. Is eight points in a game for a punter a record? I mean, obviously, two of them went to the other team, but like, right. I still feel like that is. I has there ever been a better punting performance in an exhibition or a real game ever? I without I, I punting the ball once either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can take away the like, you know, the nitty gritty of what punters do, yeah, it was a hell of a game. You know, it's right. It's. I feel uh, like they should have taken your cleats and put them just literally walk them right across the street to the Hall of Fame and put them in there. Yeah, they, there was. Uh, they would have been labeled like most scared run ever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, later in the, zero confidence <laughs> later in the preseason you actually are probably the only i'll have to go look look back on this but i can't imagine anyone anyone else has done it but you're the only tennessee titan to force a rule change in the nfl well um, and i think i think the first person to ever do it because this was the first year that jerry world was open i exactly. believe right yeah yeah it was uh it was a wild thing that was going on and and I found out a lot of the particulars after the fact uh about some of the background behind this but it was the first football game played in that stadium there was a soccer an international soccer game I think they played in there before that which you know they're they're not going to get up in the 85 90 foot range on a Mm -hmm. soccer ball typically speaking but um as soon as we walked in me and Craig looked up and I was like that is in play because it a lot of people don't know this when they first built it Mitsubishi built the TV and they used a kid named Matt McBriar to set the height of the bottom edge of that of that screen Matt McBriar I believe is Australian line drive punter um, not really known for his hang time uh, but he can kick the ball 60 70 yards which is great I'm on the other side of that. I don't want to have to tackle anybody. I'll take 50 yards with five second hang and just walk off the field with a fair catch. Totally cool with that. And that's definitely trestle influence there. But when we walked in, they had these five foot Mitsubishi tin signs hanging off the side of the TV. So now it's at 80 feet, give or take. Um, and during warmups, uh, you know, um, uh, what's his, uh, who owned, uh, Jerry Jones was down on the field with all the Mitsubishi people all, you know, just gawking over this it, TV. Yeah. yeah. Just like this is, and it was incredible. Let's be honest. That thing is insane. But Jeff was like, coach Fisher was like, let's see how many times we can hit this in warmups. You know, like, I knew, just, it. <laughs> I knew it was yeah. his idea. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he goes, he goes, if you hit it, I don't care. He's like, we're just out here warming up. So I'm in shorts and a t-shirt pepper in this thing. And Matt McBriar's on the other side and he's just, you know, throwing laser beams, not, not really getting that close. Well, I'm hitting it on the way up and I'm like, this is actually like a pretty big nuisance because it was like from the 25 yard line to the 25 yard line, uh, not super wide. I don't know how wide it is at the bottom, maybe 12, 15 feet, but definitely in play. So, I hit it a couple of times and I looked over at Jerry and he's just like, damn it. Like, what have we done here? And so is he, is he getting mad at all? 
I, I visibly upset. Like he's he's like, okay. where did but, we but screw like not, up? Not direct, not directed at you, just at the fact that it, it's so low. Or was yeah. he getting mad at you? Uh, well, I I can't speak for his anger level before the game, but I know after the game he blamed me. <laughs> so I, <know. laughs> uh, I read some of those on. quotes after yeah, the game. He, he was on like uh, Letterman. I think. And they were like, what'd you think about what happened at your facility? And he goes, well, I know one punter that'll never play for the Cowboys. And I was like, eh, <laughs> screw you, Jerry. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're in the middle of the game and Jeff's on the rules committee and they didn't really have, from what I understood, a, a real solid game plan if it was to be hit. And so I think it was second quarter. Uh, I'm running out there to punt. And uh, he's like, he's like, yeah, hit it. Let's see what happens. Oh my god! So I, uh, I hit more of a pooch style punt just to make sure I hit it, and uh, it hit it on the way up. And and uh, they called the play, and you know, I, I'm pointing up at the board, like, hey, it hit the board, it hit the board. And so they replayed the down, and and the game goes on. Well, the best part about this story is towards the end of the game, we took a safety on purpose and uh or we either took it on purpose i think i thought we took it on purpose or or something happened it wasn't like a big deal we were getting our asses kicked and and so they called a tv timeout i'm standing next to fisher and he's just like hey um out of curiosity how many times do you think you could hit it in a row i was like what do you mean he goes well it's pun after kickoff you're just sitting there holding it nobody's rushing you he goes how many times do you think you could hit it i go probably four or five times like if I was trying, he goes, yeah, let's do that shit. Let's just, let's, <laughs> he's like, let's delay the hell out of this game. And uh, I was like, man, I don't know how this is going to look, but I'm in like, whatever, what do I have to lose? So I'm running out on the field and uh, he, he whistled at me. He literally looked at his watch, looked at the scoreboard and he was like, ah, screw it. Don't hit it. Right. And he said something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm like, I got a free pass here. If I hit it, he's not going to be that mad about it, but should I hit it? You know? And so I, I battled with this. I hit an absolute piss missile of a punt that I had friends that were sitting in club and they said, according to them, it went 20, 20, 30 feet into like the level of the screen, just right of it. And so I was like, man, I was kind of hoping to hit it, but it was a good punt anyways. <laughs> so after that, it, it just all hell broke loose. And, you know, he went on and on Letterman was talking shit about me. Sorry, shouldn't cuss. Sorry about that. No, but, no, uh, no cuss away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Poop part balls. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's made that comment. But I, I heard through the grapevine, whether this is true or not, I'm not 100% sure. But the way that the screen was designed, they have to helicopter up two winches <laughs> on two separate parts of that. They clearly got rid of the Mitsubishi signs that hung down the side of that. But I heard it was fifty thousand a foot to move it, and he moved oh. it ten and he moved it ten feet up. So yeah, I bet he was pretty pissed. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh, AJ, trouble. Yeah, that's well, like that's like that's like ordering off the value menu at McDonald's for the rest of us. For oh him, yeah, I feel like that's <laughs> jump change. It's like yeah, get it done tomorrow. Who cares? Yeah, but you know, and 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 I look back at it too. I wasn't by any means even close to the best punter in the league. And Mike Seifries in in uh, San Diego, 
they did a height study on him. He was averaging like 105 feet, averaging 105 feet of punt. So I think, well, I think the pissed off part about Jerry at the before the game started was he was probably looking across on his sideline, like, what kind of kind of punter do we have? <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's what I'm wondering is like, why did yeah. they use Matt McBriar as the study? Like, yeah. yeah, like I know he like he was the punter for the Cowboys for a long time, but yeah, he's a good like, punter. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking shit about him. He's yeah, just, no, but I would I would like find like league averages and around yeah. the league, not just go off of like who we have on our special if teams. If you're spending right. all of that money, at least do a little research. Like that's all we <laughs> just a little have, bit. And then yeah, have don't get mad at the guys study. for and don't get mad at the guys for having the leg to do it. And I did see that Fisher, who you were right, was like the co-chairman of the rules committee. So he was high yeah. up on the rules committee. He was just on that thing. He was essentially oh, yeah. running the show. But he had your back after the game. I, oh, yeah. It's a, that, that preseason between you and Jeff Fisher, I, you you can't lie to me and tell me y'all weren't close. Oh, it was, it was so much fun. Um, again, just the, the amount of um, – I wouldn't call it necessarily respect, but just joy to like have me around and, and vice versa, be around him. It was, it was, man, it was such a good environment. Like I really enjoyed my time there. Um, I, 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 sir, I have zero animosity towards the team and the, and the decisions that they made bringing in Brett Kern. Yeah. What a, what a crap decision that was. Um, <laughs> the guy just retired two years ago yeah. and it's just like, they, they, they were like, they traded up for him out of Denver. And it was like, on one hand, you got Brett Kern family, man already has a kid, uh, you know, good kid from Toledo, played at Toledo. And on the other hand, an absolute lunatic who has no path in life <laughs> is just r- flying by the seat of his pants. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it. They made a, they made a really good, smart business choice. I'll just well, put I- it that way. I want to get to current in a second, but I got to know, like, what was that conversation like? Because we got hard knocks cameras nowadays and, you know, everybody who gets cut on hard knocks, they, they have a little 10 second cameo where coach sits them down. It's totally real with them. Like, hey, man, not going to work out. Here's here's what you need to work on. Um, yeah. What, what was that conversation like between you and Jeff Fisher? Because there isn't a punter that's had a better preseason than you did in 09. Yeah, no. The, what it boiled down to, though, was was Craig uh, yeah. Hendrick. So. Craig was healthy. He had changed his diet. He went on this like crazy kick. I, I did again. I didn't know him before, but apparently he was a big diet Coke and Reese's peanut butter cup guy. I um, see that he cut sugar completely out. He was doing this vitamin C overload diet or like cleanse. He smelled like shit. Um, <laughs> he, he, you know, it was his. It was insane. I've never been around somebody with the most loud, aggressive farts. Of all oh, time, Craig. and and, this, and Craig, this is the best intel we could possibly yeah. receive. On and the and Craig, and he probably, you know, we're, you know, fourteen years removed from this, but he was trying everything he could possibly think of to get his body right. He had essentially given himself whiplash, um, so he had numerous neck surgeries. He was playing without an ACL. He oh he he ruptured his ACL his senior year at Notre Dame and never got it fixed. And so his leg would hyperextend. Oh, it was crazy. And so for for him to deal with all those factors and, and make a career 17 years in the league uh, dealing with that, I mean, I got a tremendous amount of respect for him. And so when it came time to make roster cuts, you know, they they were honest. They, they'd say, hey, look, we really love you. You're going to have a bright future. And uh, but it's, it's 53, you know, I mean, we got to cut this down. So they put me on waivers. I actually went to New York the next day Mm -hmm. 
and battled against Steve Weatherford. And I kicked oh his God. ass so bad that Steve came up to me after the and, and now mind you, Steve's six two, six three, all American decathlete. He's he's working out without a shirt on, of course. And yeah. he just looks like a Greek god. And I'm a you know, six foot pudgy, you know, two twenty. Uh, yeah. You know, standing next to each other, I don't, I don't pass the eye test a whole lot. The statue I, of David envies the body of Steve Weatherford. Oh yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> the, the guy loves fitness, and <laughs> and I'm on the other end of things. Like probably went on a bender the night before and, and woke up and just <laughs> beat the shit out of him to the point where he was like, "Hey, great job, man! Enjoy New York." And uh, they ended up signing him just because of his experience. And they, you know, they very rarely do they take a flyer on a rookie. Super Bowl um, winner too. Was, yeah, I mean tough. the guy's got. Yeah, he's got. He's got the. He's got the stats. So, I got put on waivers again, and I was flying back to Columbus or Nashville, and I found out once I landed that I got claimed by Tampa. So I immediately had to get on another plane, come to Tampa. They their whole staff didn't even know they signed me. Like it. <laughs> And so I get there and they're like, who are you? And I was like, I'm your new punter, I guess. And they were like, no, we got Dirk. And I was like, okay. <laughs> they didn't even let me work out. Like, honestly, no like way. the whole week. Yeah, I'm not kidding. They, they where made where was the miscommunication there? Somebody in the front office clicked a button. That's my only explanation. And they had to pay me a game check to literally go out to St. Pete and drink Mai Tais. Because I would have had to buy my own <laughs> game ticket if I wanted to go. And I was like, how much is the game ticket? And they were like, 200 bucks. I was like, yeah, I'll see you guys later. And so oh I knew gosh. I was. Once they started Dirk week one, he was under veteran protection. So they owed him all the money for the whole season. And they don't owe me anything. So mm. I knew I was getting cut that Monday. And then, unfortunately, Craig blows out his calf. I think it was week two, brought us back in and uh, had a big workout which I thought I did really well. I thought I won the workout, but they, they signed Reggie Hodges for a hot minute who I love Reggie, arguably the hardest guy to beat when there's no pressure on the line. He is almost impossible to beat in practice, but for whatever reason, you know, you, you get a game, he kind of, he doesn't have the same kind of flair and I'm the same guy all the time. And I ride real even keel. I don't get too high or too low. And oddly enough, they, they kept me on practice squad. I, I would venture to say very few punters are kept on practice squad. Yeah. Right. And, and so I was there for a few weeks and then uh, I think we started zero and six that year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and cleaned house and part of a deal with Denver brought in Brett Kern, who uh, there's a whole man, there's a great story about how Brett got that Denver job. And then ultimately uh, <laughs> was out of there. It was, that story is insane, but um, he came and, and the rest is history and, um, couldn't be happier for Brett. I, I mean, he's, he's one of the best guys in the league. Do you think they kept you on practice squad as like a reserve running back potentially, you know, in case things <laughs> fell, fell through? With yeah, CJ? yeah. 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 Me and Chris, we, we would battle it out in practice, you know, lent <laughs> goal line with Lendell. Yeah, it was right. I was right. I was right there guys. I mean, yeah, yeah. good, it, good back pocket option. It's like, Oh, CJ. Yeah. You may have more 80 plus yard touchdown runs than anyone in NFL history, but do you have any 40 plus yard touchdown runs in the hall of fame yeah. game, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had one up on him and he knew that he was, he was nervous. So <laughs> yeah. he, he worked hard in practice. They needed a, they, they needed a third partner to that smash and dash with, with Craig Hendricks, smash dash and whiplash right. just doesn't sound yes. good. 
So maybe yeah. bringing you in would have worked a little better. Well, I, I, I gotta, I gotta ask, uh, what's what led Brett Kern? You said there's an insane story behind Brett Kern's exit in Denver. Is that your story to tell? I don't think it is. Um, okay. Let's just put it this way. Um, I went to Denver. I signed into Denver on a on a futures contract the following year. So 2010, mm-hmm. I spent the whole summer out in Denver. And I was going against Britton Colquitt. And so Britton is incredibly talented in his own right. Obviously, his brother Dustin, um, playing for the Chiefs for all those years. I mean, just they're from a pedigree, right? I mean, it's just these guys know how to punt. And when we got out there, I had heard from one of the other teammates that Britton got cut for cause the year before. He had won the job over Brett. I believe it was Brett. And uh, and then they cut him after the final cuts. But nobody really insinuated why. And I found out why. And it was a, it was a problem that Britton was dealing with uh, at the time through college. I, th- I mean, you could read into it. He, he did his own. He had his own struggles, which he overcame and had a hell of a career. Uh, but it was interesting. <laughs> Because when I got cut, when Josh McDaniel was the coach, his rationale to me, even though I was leading statistically, uh, was that he thought it would be pretty cool to have brothers playing against each other in the same division. Come on. I'm not kidding. Josh McDaniel is also the guy that traded Cutler, you know, before he took a snap in Denver. So when when McDaniel was so dumb. Oh, he, he he cut Kenny Peterson, who he played high school football with. Ugh. Yeah. And, and, so people people wonder why why does it take so long for Josh McDaniel to get a job? Well, I mean this is this is example A, an example B. Yeah, right, right. Really how it's worked yeah. out wherever he's gone. Yeah, you know, and again, I I didn't develop much of a relationship with him um just because I I really felt like the whole time I was there it was I was just there as a body. It, it didn't really feel like home. It, I, I never got comfortable there. Um Yeah, it was just it was kind of weird. And it, that was really the time where I was like, oh, I get it. Now I understand why these guys call this a business. You know, like I was like, all right, this this makes sense. Um, it, it just wasn't it, it didn't feel like Tennessee. And that's man, I, I like I said, I come to Nashville every year. I, I, I get invited to the alumni at, uh, game every year. And for yeah. I think I think it was for like the first six years I got these invites from the staff and I'm like, this is a mistake. Like they're not, I'm not even an alumni. Uh, you know, I don't have an active, I, I, I was not active for a single game for the Titans, you know? And I, so I was like, I, I really don't think they mean to send this to me. And then Susanna, she called me or her, Tina called me one time and, and they were like, Hey, we're going to stop sending these. If you don't come to one of these, I go, Oh, you meant to send those to me? <laughs> they were like, yeah, of course. <laughs> And so we went one year and it, it, I mean, you'd have thought I played for 10 years, the way I was treated. It was incredible. Uh, so we, we come back every year, not to mention we love the city. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, just, again, it just, my fondest memories of, of my cup of coffee in the NFL was, was definitely in Tennessee. So it's Where... safe to say you're a Titans fan to this day. Oh yeah. You Good know, question. it's funny. And I, I was wanting to talk to you guys about this too. I might actually be more connected to the team now than I ever have been. Really? How so? Why is that? So you got Mike Vrabel at the helm. 
Yeah. Who I, Ohio I State guy. Back, I came back and coached in 13, was recruited out of high school by Luke Fickle, and Luke Fickle's best friend is Brable. So I've spent some time around Coach Brable. Oh, nice. On the other side, though, Shane Bowen and I went to high school together and played football together. No oh my joke. Gosh. Yeah. Small so world. Our, our defensive coordinator and I are very good friends. Um, a lot of people don't know Shane's story. He was a hell of an athlete coming out of high school, went to Georgia Tech and broke his neck his like sophomore year, I want to say. Him and the other defensive end met at the quarterback and he just got the raw end of it and got into coaching. And he's been following Brable around since 2012. And, uh, and, and Urban Meyer was actually one of the, the key components to Shane getting out. He, he took this job at Kennesaw State, which was an upstart football program in Georgia. And Urban called Shane. He goes, you're too, way too talented of a coach to be doing what you're doing. He goes, Brable needs an assistant. You need to go to the Texans tomorrow. And he did. And the rest is history. Man, between that, that and between that and the stint he had at Jacksonville, Urban Meyer has done more to help the Titans in yeah. recent <laughs> years than I think any other coach in the business. It's he, amazing. Yeah. And you, man, you should hear the stories from uh, that 2012 uh, year at Ohio State uh, between Vrabes and uh, and Urban. Oh man, we need they a whole not, podcast for that. Yeah, they're not they're not fans say. of one another, and uh, it came to a head in a, a very aggressive manner at one point. But uh, oh. it's neither here nor there. I can't imagine Mike Vrabel getting aggressive. That's yeah, weird. shocker, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> guys out there doing pass block drills and no pads. <laughs> He's still, he's the biggest guy on the team. Like still. It, it is. It is insane. And you know what? Yeah. The one thing is like, the, like, look, like the Titans obviously are on a seven game losing streak right now, but I still feel confident in them. in like every time they take the field, mainly because he's at the helm. And, yeah. and I think that strictly stems from the fact that I know he can kick anyone else in the league's ass at any moment if he needed oh, yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. If there was a bench clearing brawl, I, I'll take us all day. Right. <laughs> Like one yeah. of the best offseason topics are like, all right, who could win in a fight between the 32 NFL head coaches? Vrabel is always in the top five, sometimes the top yeah. three of that conversation every single time. There's very yeah. few, you know, very few coaches. It's Vrabel and whatever three defensive coordinators got a head job that right. cycle, <laughs> like Salah, yeah, Campbell, exactly. you know, right. all those dudes. Campbell, Campbell would be a tough out. Um, then you got, you know, What's the Jets quarterback or coach's uh, name? Sala, Robert, Robert Sala. Sala. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's he might be a tough out. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's yeah. pretty well put together. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, punter, yeah, you got to look for strength. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. But me as a punter, I'm watching that. I'm getting way away from <laughs> all of that. You know? Who, like, of, of like uh, notable punters that you've played with, who do you think would be the best in a fight? McAfee, probably because he wouldn't feel a whole lot. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I mean, Steve Weatherford's probably up there. Um, Hendrick's there country kid, strong. Hendrick in his prime. Whoo! I mean, when he was with the Packers back in the '90s, I bet he was he was uh, no joke. Um, mm -hmm. Who else? There was a kid who who punted for the Steelers for a hot minute who played for Baylor. Oh God, what was his name? He was nasty. His whole highlight film is not him punting. It's him running down on kickoff and destroying people. <laughs> Shit, what's his name? Yeah, I can't remember. It's I'm been trying too to long. remember, too. I, I don't think I can remember. Hell, our punter, he's a stud. 
Stonehouse. Okay. Yeah. Last last Titans question from me to Wait, you. Uh Daniel, Daniel uh Sepulveda. Yeah, Sepulveda. Yeah. 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 That kid was nasty. Nasty. <laughs> okay, punter, I guess, but you know. Yeah, yeah. strong anyways. <laughs> well, that's all that matters. Um they so Stonehouse, kind of similar to you a little bit in your in your uh, I guess in the start to their careers, although Stonehouse won the job over Kern. Um, yeah, Kern was getting up there in age. Yeah, but um, even but that, Jeff, like, there were there were people that were like, you know, I, we you're were, really we gonna really you're upset. gonna cut ties with Kern now, yeah, then and move on to this rookie. And, and maybe that yeah. doesn't happen with Fisher up there, like you said, since he you know has a different kind of view with those older players. But what what's your yeah. what's your impression on Stonehouse so far? Uh, dude, the the guy's killer. Um, you know, Nissan Stadium. It, and I every year that I've been, you know, we we have the punters have this and kickers have a, a stupid habit of looking at the flags at the top of the stadium and seeing how the wind swirls in a stadium. Uh, you know, having played at Ohio State, it's it's a weird wind in there because of how mm-hmm. tall it is. Um, it's t- Tennessee's not the easiest. It's not the hardest place to punt by any means. Buffalo in the winter is probably the worst, but. Um, it's tough in there. And, and the way that he's been able to step up and change field position has it's been very, very good. Um, I was sad to see Brett go just because I, I love the guy and, and, uh, had a hell of a career, uh, with Tennessee, but, uh, it's a no fault of Rabel and the, and the special teams coaches. It, it, I'm, it's a business though, you know, and yeah. you see a kid with that kind of talent who you're going to pick up for a, a quarter of the price that you're paying Brett and, 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 Maybe they need the space. Who knows? You know, there's there's so there's a multitude of reasons why they make roster decisions the way that they do. But I really like him. I, I think he's doing a hell of a job. Um, and in if he stays healthy, that kid can play a long time. All right. Yeah. Now, where are you located currently? Where do you live? So I, I live in Tampa, Florida. Okay. Um, oh, you're back with the Mai Tais. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, look, 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 you have you you have a brief layover in Tampa and it'll suck you in. It will. Yeah. I I'm with Amy on this it, one. It was funny. I, I took a job down here in 2012. Um, so long story short, um worked out for the Falcons the day before the lockout in eleven. Um they ended up not or they signed some kid and immediately cut him, and that's a whole other story, but I just, I was like, all right, I, I think I'm done. You know, I, they don't pay you to keep trying. And uh, I have some regrets about that, I guess. But I also don't know that I was mature enough to handle it at the time, too, which the older you get, I guess you get a little bit more humbled about things and the way you were living. And uh, I was pretty, I was pretty wild back then. And, um, but anyways, took a job down here in, tw- in 12, um, met the woman that I ended up marrying down here. And then my cool. company that I'm with now, um, opened an office down here and asked me to come down. And I, initially I was like, I'm all right. It was back in Columbus and it's easy to get sucked in, in that, in that, in Columbus, Ohio, if you grew up there, played there, you know, it's a, it's a connection heaven, but you know, we wanted warmer climate and not to get into a whole political discussion. We couldn't wait to leave Ohio with all the COVID crap that was going on. So, mm-hmm. um, no, it's good. We, we've enjoyed it down here and, and, you know, I, I, I like sun and yeah, and being, yeah, no, we're, I, about, good. we're about 30 minutes from the beach. And it, so it's, it's a good setup, but it's, it's a little warm right now. 
Yeah, no, I'm in Chicago right now, and I envy that. Trust me, every, uh, let's say, October to April, I envy where you're at right now. Oh, I'll I'll be golfing that whole time, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right, right. I'll be I'll be bundling up just to take my dog out. (laughs) Yeah, the golf courses are actually in prime prime shape during those those months, and so that's that's why you moved down. I guess that's that's another my my final question for you. Uh, the with being a punter, I feel like being punters and kickers always just tremendous golfers. I don't know if it's with the leg swing or or what, but Craig Hendrick, obviously famously a oh, very good golfer. golfer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, plus three at Vanderbilt Legends. He was how's your good. how's your golf game? And Legends is no joke, man. Legends oh, is a tough course. Oh, they took me. It was him. It was Craig, Kerry Collins. Um, Kerry, another Pat, big, big golfer, Kerry big 10 guy, yeah, Patrick Ramsey. And then they, they brought me along. I think it was a charity case, like a make a wish day for, for me. <laughs> and, uh, I, I got my ass kicked all day and it was real quick story. You guys will love this. I, I'm after the round the next day, we're sitting in the locker room and Ramsey's just riding me. He's like, dude, you got this Tommy armor set of clubs that my son has. He's like, you got to, <laughs> he's like, you got to upgrade buddy. And so he's trying to sell me these Titleist, you know, blades that he got, you know, probably discounted. And he's like, oh, yeah, 500 bucks. They're all yours. And I didn't have any money. And so Carrie butts in and he's like, Hey man, what are you looking for? I was like, nothing in particular. I just would be nice to have a decent set of clubs. He goes, come to my house tonight and uh, we'll see if we'll work something out. And Patrick's pissed. He's like, Kerry, why are you getting in the way of my deal and all this stuff? And, <laughs> and I, in my head, I'm like, if nothing else, I'm going to Kerry Collins's house. I got a yeah, yeah, right. sweet deal. Yeah. So, yeah. So I show up at his house and he had, uh, he had a, he had two car garage and then a separate two car garage. And he popped the, the separate one open and it was nothing but golf stuff. I mean, golf clubs from wall to wall. He had the brand new V red bag. He had a brand new Titleist bag. And uh, he hands me a bundle of, of, Hogan apex edges. I still have them. And uh, he's like, well, I'm like six, five. So these are probably a little long for you. And I'm like, dude, I'll figure it out. And uh, um, he goes, here you go, man. Give me a couple, you know, dozen balls and whatever. And I go, all right, buddy. I was like, I go, let me give you something for these. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, you're good. Don't worry about it. These are good clubs. Just enjoy them. And we talked for maybe a couple minutes. And then I'm again, I try to be Try to be nice. I was just like, Carrie, come on, man. Big 10 guy to big 10 guy. Let me give you something for these. And he goes, rookie, don't take this the wrong way, but there ain't shit that you got that I want. Enjoy the clubs. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was Carrie, like, yes, what sir. Savage. Yeah. Oh, that was Carrie. great. Yeah, he burned me. But at the same time, I was like, hey, he's probably not wrong. Yeah. Carrie, so, he, he gets a free burn for, for a set of golf clubs. Yeah, oh, man. I'll take that all day. Yeah, and so better no, than five hundred dollars. Yeah, I would yeah. gladly get oh, roasted yeah. by Kerry Collins to get a free set of oh, clubs yeah. out of it. <laughs> but the game's gotten a lot better. I've got three kids now that's six, four, and two, so I don't get out as much as I'd like. But uh, but I, I play as much as I can, and it's coming around. I'm a I'm a single digit. So okay, are you are you making it back to the alumni game this year? Yes, I believe we're playing Atlanta in the Houston Oiler throwbacks. Yes. Yeah. So that's technically the only jersey I've worn, kind of. 
or at least the most famous one. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's a good right, point. Because it was the, the AFL. It was the AFL yeah. unis that game. Yeah. Yeah. So we had the we had the Oiler unis on, which I I, they, I was like, can I have the game jersey? And they were like, you can buy it. And I was like, shit. All right, I got to buy a couple of these. So yeah. I bought a couple. But yeah, That's no, I'll, we'll be back, and uh, we can't wait. We we mark it on the calendar every year. Do you awesome. still have the Hall of Fame game game worn jersey that you scored in? Is that one of the ones you bought? I, I don't have the jersey. I've got the helmet and I've got the ball. Okay. Um, and we I got to gotta give Canton credit to Baronis. Yeah, I got I got to give Baronis credit. He ran on the field. Somehow he got that ball because it was a K ball, right? I mean, it was a kicker ball. Yeah. And I want to say that was the same. They kept that ball in play. He hit his extra point and he intentionally, cause it's like a high school field. He intentionally hit it kind of low. To, so it went into the net and then I'm pretty sure he did or, or our ball guy went and grabbed that, put a sticker on it and like set it aside. So I what a hero. That. What a hero. It that's wouldn't even have occurred to me to do that. So no, those guys were, again, that's the type of feel I, I was, um, I was around in Tennessee and, couldn't be more thankful for that time. Well, AJ, uh, you are you you uh, Brett Kern and, and have have been two of our our white whales uh, for this podcast, and that's not a joke when we say that. Like we legitimately like we've ever since we do a segment called Remember the Titan, and I believe it was Jack who did you one week as our, our Remember the Titan, where we just go back and we think of like it's literally just name that guy, but for Titans of the past. Yeah. 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 And he he did you one time and I was like, man, we what a what a great guy. Never in my wildest dreams did I think we would ever be able to get you on this podcast, but we did. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to to join us and just yeah. know that the the lore of AJ Trapasso, uh <laughs> Albert Albert Joseph Trapasso is yeah. going to live on forever on this podcast. And we will never let Titans fans forget about the two most iconic plays in Titans history that will never count. Well, I appreciate that guys. It's it's those are great words to hear. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah. Um, anything I can do for the the Titans community and, and, and you guys and just hit me up. I'm, I might All not right. be in Nashville, but I'm around. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Big, big shout out to AJ Trapasso. Um, so many great moments from that interview. Probably the best one was when I bungled his name right out the gate. <laughs> My goodness. I'm talking to I, I I'm talking to one of the greatest punters in Titans history, and I couldn't even uh, uh, like keep hands on the snap. I it was from the get go, it was it was just an absolute disaster. Honestly. We say it all the time, Austin. It's still preseason for us too. Let us work through the games. Yeah. We're gonna make mistakes. It's gonna happen. I but... just don't want to be cut from this podcast. Honestly, <laughs> I I want to make the fifty three man roster on this podcast. Don't worry, buddy. We've got a we've got a two man roster in there, and anybody trying out. Uh, yeah, I would, I will that would say. <laughs> That would suck if I got cut from a <laughs> two man podcast. If if the roster limit size is fifty three, I will say that was an interview where I felt like we could have gone on for hours. Seriously, because there were I, stories that we didn't even have time for him to tell that he that he could have told. 
What do you think the Brett Kern story is? Like, that's what I'm like. Uh, I, that is our next mission is to find Brett Kern and to figure out what that story is of how he got the Denver job. It, I don't think we'll get it out of AJ, but it seems like we're going to go have to, you know, knock down Brett Kern's door in order to get that out of him. But I definitely want to hear it because that's a huge moment in Titans history, right? Whatever forced him out of, out of Denver led to a career in which I think he, his number should be retired and hung in the ring of honor with all the greats. So what went down? What What is this crazy story that went that went down? I, I want to hear it, whether it's off air, whether it's on air. I don't care. I just want, I got to know. I, I bet weed was involved because think about it. 12 years ago, like Colorado was like one of the only states that had like marijuana legalized, I think. So actually, no, this that might have even predated that. I could have. It really could have. Uh, the speculation. I mean, we could go. We could go for thirty minutes speculating what went on. But I, I think, think it's worth. I think, think we're gonna have to pull it out of Kern. Do you think Brett Kern killed a guy? Oh man! Covered up the murder. That would be heavy. I don't think Kern's the type of guy to do that. But if he ever does, I'd be willing to hide the body for him. And well, yeah, you don't think Kern's the type of the guy to do that? says every interviewee on every Dateline NBC ever. You never suspect them. It's always the guy you don't expect. Jeez. Something to think about. Something to... Allegedly, of course. Allegedly. Look, reckless speculation on our part. This was supposed to be the Respecting Punters episode, and here we are framing Brett Kern for a murder he didn't commit. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be something. We don't know what it is. We don't... Look, we're... Just throwing it out there that way when it turns out it was just like, oh, yeah, no, he he ran into the coach at the movie theater one night and ended up he said, hey, you should come in for a workout tomorrow. Like, that's why what like what more of like the story is. But now that we put murder out there, at least we won't be that shocked if it does end up being the case. That's a good strategy. I'm OK. With yeah. This. Um, I before we get to Jamarco Jones being cut, can we talk about Vrabel's tighten up hat? Uh, shout out to us, maybe. Did our did we start selling merch that I don't know about? Where I don't did Vrabel uh, get ch- that hat? The checks aren't coming in for me. Are they coming in for you? I I haven't no seen a direct com- deposit. No, no comment on that one. Uh, oh, shout out man. Austin Stanley, Zach Bingham for uh, setting me up there. Appreciate you're it. You're getting um, you're you're getting all the residuals, huh? This, <laughs> yeah. What if yeah, I did drop, me on what, what if I dropped a merch store and like. Like I did a soft opening and I sent a couple of like hats to the team facility for them to wear. And like Rabel's already pimping one. So that way, when we do eventually launch this merch store and we sell that hat, it like blows up because everyone saw him wearing it in the presser. So this is exactly what I imagine happened with hang 10 when they started wearing the run left hats and run the damn ball over there. Yeah. Yeah. The same. This is the same story. We're going down the same path. Look, I, I'm I'm saying this. all after Hang Ten, by the way. I love that hat. I love that hat that Brable rocked. I'm a little jealous by it. Like, you know me, a big hat guy. Never go anywhere without a hat. I yeah. and I believe you are as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, big I mean, I, this this hairline, I can't. Uh, I refuse to show <laughs> anybody. I like to keep it a secret. So we want to know where the hell did you get that hat, Brable? Like why? And. And are you wearing it solely because we are your favorite podcast? Is Vrabel the one? We know someone within the Titans organization listens to this podcast. What if it is the big man himself? What if Vrabel is the guy who listens to this podcast every week 
And we always thought it was John Robinson or someone who John Robinson hired to listen to this podcast because whenever we would talk about someone, they would inevitably either get cut or be, uh, you know, uh, reinstated or whatever. They would always like whenever we would talk about someone in the like the podcast would drop that morning and then later that afternoon we'd hit be get hit with the Wednesday afternoon news dump. Right. What if Rabel was the guy this whole time? If he was and he along. listens to this podcast. Yeah. And he's now rocking that hat because he's like, oh, tighten up. I love well, their podcast. If that's the case, I would like to be the first one to declare December 5th as Mike Rabel Day. Nice. 12 wins, Rabes. 12, 12 wins gets you a day. It gets you we a day. Give in my book. You, look, Rabes, we'd give, you, we'd give you an extra day or an extra win. If there was an extra month in the calendar year, but we just, frankly, we cannot like, honestly, so 12 and five is the best we can give you. Go ahead and take it. Although we do both predict that the Titans are going 17 and 0 this year. You can go back and listen to our predictions episode. Um, Jack. Jamarco Jones, a guy who we were railing on last week with uncle Sam Phelan on the podcast. He's getting into fights. You could say, like, you could hear Sam being like frustrated in his voice uh, with the guy. Not much long after, did the dude gets cut from the team? Well, he got sent to the sand pit because him and Jeff Simmons were grabbing each other's face masks. And I mean, let's, let's be honest. After the contract the big Jeff got, he's not going to be the one walking out of that facility. So, <laughs> Jamarco got into it, and, and keep in mind that Jamarco Jones was taking first team snaps at right tackle. So this is like. This is a guy that would be important whether he started or even was a backup and could kind of rotate along that offensive line and fill in where needed um, if injuries were to come along. So it's it, it's kind of a significant deal that he got cut. But this week, he got in two more fights with Aziz Alshair, who is also precious cargo. Even though he's on a, only on a one-year deal, he's going to play a pivotal role in that defense in the middle of it. And then Ole Miss legend Chance Campbell, the white Patrick Willis, as people called him down south. <laughs> so, you know, that's just what happens when you bark up the wrong tree of Chance Campbell. Uh, but, yeah, definitely definitely kind of a hit. And I don't know that it must have been really bad because I know the Titans didn't want to lose a valuable depth piece up front because of how thin they are already. But clearly it was becoming a huge issue, and I'm sure they had many conversations about this. And Jamarco Jones, not even this year, but I believe it was last year, him and Lawan got in like a fist fight out. At yeah. Yeah. So this this isn't like just a one year thing for Jamarco Jones, which is frustrating because there you know he could be used in an emergency situation and you know do a whole lot better than Dennis Daly did last year, but we're not going to get to see it, and I don't think he's going to be back with the Titans. Uh, although you can really never count anyone out just because of how the last two years have gone with injuries up front. Yeah, between the injuries and the fighting, they say the best ability is your availability, not your boxing ability. I think it's clear why Jamarco Jones was showing the door. UFC Nashville was just in town, though, but they didn't do a whole lot of boxing in that main event either. I'll tell you that much. So, Jamarco um, Jones, remember the Titan. Vrabel's was Vrabel was at the UFC. Event. He was. He was him. Steve O. I was there. Dana White. All the famous people. Michael like, like Steve-O, you also have a big tattoo of your face on your back, which is <laughs> weird. Coming. Did it's you do coming. it first or did he? Was he that's, taking a page out of your playbook on that one? That's why we had AJ on this week is so I can get Jim Trestle's number so he can fund this back tattoo that I'm planning to get of myself. Jim Trestle. <laughs> um, Jack, 
the last thing we got to get to is probably the most important thing, but we save our best for last. Mm -hmm. This past weekend, I went to Lollapalooza. It was my very first time at Lala. Um, you know, I've been living in Chicago for a few years now, and uh, I've never been able to go um, the last few years. And this year I said, you know what? This is the worst lineup that I've seen of the last three years that I've been here. Why don't I make this shit the year that I go to Lala for the first time? <laughs> so I did. And obviously the people watching at Lala, it is up there with the uh you know with the 18 and 1 New England Patriots team as some of the best ever it is if it's not undefeated it's pretty damn close it's the 72 dolphins honestly of people watching it is just a phenomenal phenomenal place to go and just look at people and so i was looking at so many people from the hairstyles to the hats to the clothes to the people completely wasted being carted out on stretchers. Saw multiple of those. Hmm. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated, people. You know, mix in a water every once in a while. It's important, all right? But the thing that I found the most shocking, more so than the subwoofers, at the Kendrick Lamar performance, which I was vibrating by the time I laid my head on the pillow that night. Amazing performance by him. I was shook to my core by witnessing the best fit, dare I say, at any Lollapalooza ever. All right. Even before it got as corporate of a festival as it is today. A phenomenal fit. Mighty big words. A fit so good. The echoes of this fit could be felt resounded in the Nashville area and parts of the Columbia, Missouri area. And maybe even Norman, Oklahoma too. Who knows? But Jack, I saw a kid even. It wasn't even a grown-ass adult. It was like a it was like a 17-year-old, uh, he's probably of age. He was probably like 21 years old, but a very scrawny kid rocking an old-school Titans jersey, which we can now say that having gone through one uniform change in this uh, in franchise history. Doriel Green Beckham Jack, I about fainted. I, they had to about take me out on a stretcher when I saw the damn thing. A DGB uniform in the flesh. I think I could go get season passes. I could get PSLs at Nissan Stadium and go to every home game and most concerts and still not come across a DGB jersey in the flesh. And yet here I am in Chicago next walking amongst Grant Park, okay? A mere 100 yards away from the bean. And I see a Doriel Green Beckham jersey. Jack, I I was be, I was beside myself. A 21-year-old too, like uh, 
that could have been like I know a lot there are probably a lot of Tennessee fans that like Justin Hunter was gonna be that guy, so they all got his jersey. There aren't as many Missouri fans that have rooting interest in the Titans, but if there were, like yourself, they probably would have gone in they, they probably would have gone all in on DGB when he got drafted by the Titans, right? I mean, he's one of the highest rated recruits to ever come out of Missouri. And you know, first round I guess he was second round draft pick by the Titans. Yeah. Fell due to some Obvious concerns that proved to be true. Uh, but yeah, wow, incredible easy, find. Easy. Uh, I don't know where he could have found it. If it was just in like a rainy puddle on the side of the road or, you know, just something that they saved out of a burning building. I, I have no idea where this man could have come across a DGB jersey. I thought we all agreed to throw those in the trash. But here he is rocking that in Chicago no, of all places. Titans no. fans are getting got, in early. When you've got an iconic jersey like that one, you do not throw it away much like my Yancey Thigpen jersey, um, which I can no longer find. So I might have thrown that one away, to be honest with you. But in the way that I have love for Kevin Dodd, because he became a defensive player of the year for me on my 2017 Madden franchise, I also have a love for DGB in two-tone blue that I cannot describe. And maybe it's because he put up four touchdowns against Kentucky for when he played for the University of Missouri or uh, balled out in his freshman and sophomore years at Mizzou before eventually transferring to Oklahoma and not even I'm playing gonna, a snap there. I'm going to let you get it all out. Get it all out right here. Come on. And he also caught a game winner in, um, uh, I believe it was four overtimes against Tennessee in the Derek Dooley days. In Neyland Stadium, a game I was I was oh, at on. in person. Who I'm didn't not catch a game winner against Tennessee. Look, Tennessee has had much. Uh, Tennessee is back. Okay, I'm not oh, rubbing gosh. it in. I'm just pointing out the. I'm giving DGB his credits. What everything that he's done, and I have a love for DGB that cannot be explained. It I shouldn't being a Titans fan and a Mizzou fan. Even the way it ended in in Columbia, it did not end well. I should not I should not have the um the love for him that I do. And I wouldn't even say it's love or ad- admiration. I just I think fondly of his time as a football player because again, he's got some off the field issues that definitely not as a Titan football player. Yeah. And not yeah, yeah. Um well, I mean, maybe as a as a Titan player and uh, because it leads to moments like this to where I can connect with someone without ever even connecting with them. And they say to not live your life with regrets. Jack, August 5th, 2023, my life was hit with the first regret. The first regret of my life. It's a pretty good streak you had going. I had a good one. It was a Cal Ripken-esque streak, honestly. I should have gone up to the kid and asked him, what the hell his deal was because either he is a Mizzou fan or he is a Titans fan. I wouldn't even give him the benefit of the doubt of being an Oklahoma Sooners fan because he did again, did not play a snap for Oklahoma. He is a Mizzou fan or a Titans fan. You know how I know this because no one outside of Columbia, Missouri and or Nashville, Tennessee would own a Jersey like that. And yet here he was walking next to Buckingham Fountain in downtown Chicago amongst the likes of Billie Eilish and 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 the 1975 and Red Hot Jared, Chili Peppers. Jared Leto. 
Well, and Jared Leto, thank you. Jared Leto was also there. Great performance. <laughs> 30 Seconds to Mars. Not bad live. I'll, I'll give him that. Look, maybe he didn't do well as the Joker. Pretty good live. I got to give him that. Maybe if we all saw him do the Joker live, we would have appreciated that performance a little bit more, too. But Jared Leto, also great Requiem for a Dream, a movie I know Jack has never even heard of, let alone seen. You'd be correct. Maybe you should watch it sometime. Requiem for a Dream. It's all about drug use, and it will... You will never want even look at a drug again after seeing that movie. That one will wake you up and depress you, but go and watch it. Um, oh, sounds sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, great, great review. I know you're going to go see it now. You're going to run to your nearest blockbuster and rent that one. I just think that I, I wish I would have gone up to the kid and asked him what was up, but it was phenomenal. And I... I feel enchanted after my first Lala experience. And it wasn't because I got to see K dot perform live. It wasn't because I saw a little bit of push a tease set. It wasn't because I saw um, young gravy. Uh, he, I watched a couple of his songs. He's getting invited to these things now, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm I feel like, you. I feel like young gravy getting invited to Lollapalooza is like AJ Trapasso getting invited to the Titans alumni game. It's just oh, not an invitation so. he expected to receive in the mail. I thought you were going to say the Titan Up podcast. Because <laughs> we are the Lollapalooza of podcasts. The Lala podcast Lusa. Um, Jack, we need to get out of here. This has been uh, fun. Again, shout out to AJ Trapasso. We appreciate him so much. Find us on Twitter at Titan Up Pod. Find the podcast on Instagram at Titan Up Podcast. Jack is on Twitter at Jack A. Gentry. I am on Twitter at Austin Huff. You can follow us as well. I'm starting. You know what's funny? For the whole offseason, I took a break from tweeting Titan stuff. But you know what it is? It's the dopamine rush of like anything I tweet out Titans will get me at least a couple hundred likes on Twitter because Titans Twitter is so great. It is so strong and so powerful. So, and now I'm like starting to see why all of these, you see all these like uh, CBS sports or like um, who's our guy that we hate. Um, Adam rank, Adam oh, rank, yeah. always like putting down the Titans because he knows he's going to get engagement. I'm starting to tweet out more now that we're getting closer to football season. And I know everyone that's followed me. That is not a Titans fan over the last six, seven months. They're going to hate me come the fall because my timeline becomes all Titans football after that. So if you care to follow either Jack or I, I, I implore you to do so because we are all Titans all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and as we get closer to football season, we only will uh, enhance that. We will turn that up to 11. And of course, follow A to Z sports at A to Z sports. Jack, do you have anything for the road? It's game week, people. We're finally going to get to see live Titans football. It may not count to you, but it counts to me. It's going to be a, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be the start of a good year. Uh, hopefully, the Titans can end a losing streak. Although I don't think that we'll we'll, we'll count it as a, a, a yeah. Real will this count? Will we feel better? No, uh, the way last season I don't, ended. I I, 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 know, I don't care whether we win or lose in the preseason, but I do want to see some improvement from some guys that are stepping into bigger roles. That being said, I'm just excited that football's here. Football's finally here. We're less than three weeks away from college football. It's all happening at once. I'm very excited. Um, and Austin, I, I need you to show out for Titans fans in Chicago for me. I will. I'm bringing up uh, two of my buddies from Brentwood High School. Uh, God bless and go Bruins. Uh, up this weekend, we are doing a, a dudes weekend in Chicago. We're going to the Bears game on um, Bears Titans game on on Saturday. 
going to be walking around some tailgates, hopefully getting some uh, content out there, having some fun for that. But then also, so, so if you are going hit me up, slide into my DMS, let me know where you're going to be at. And then um, also we are going to the Eric church concert Saturday night. So got a full day plan. Um, there may or may not be some adult beverages mixed mm-hmm. in there. I'm, I can't tell you one way or the other. Um, and then, um, but yeah, I'm going to looking... see the White Sox play. Uh, we are actually, we have tickets on Friday night. It's supposed to rain on Friday, well, you're, but you're going to a White Sox game. We are going to a Sox really? game on Friday night. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The mainly because the Cubs are out of town. <laughs> I was going to say people still go to those. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I well, look, I want to see a, if a fight breaks out, honestly. <laughs> it's true. T- Tim Anderson is going to be on the concussion protocol though. I mean, he's, he's got to, he's got to sit out at least a game. Tim catching hands or son, <laughs> right? Folks. Tough. All right. That's a tough oh, one. Look, that was a swing and a miss much like Tim Anderson. All right. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. In there it is. There it is. <laughs> guys uh thank you for following this podcast we love you we love every single one of you who gets us and gets this show leave us a rating review uh get remember to leave us four and a half stars and 0.5 stars for buck put that in the comments when you give us the five star rating just so we know where these stars are getting distributed to with all that said it is game week it is game week Look, you can bear down if you want, but make sure you tighten up right afterwards. With all of that said, until next week, tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans all the way.